Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today from our church, someone who has been a part of the furniture for 20 plus years, I reckon. But we love Pastor Lauren. She is a huge blessing. And sorry. I've got more nice things to say. I just get them out. But Pastor Lauren is such a big blessing in our leadership college, part of all of our volunteer teams. And we're so excited to have her come and preach. Church, can we be upstanding? Give her a big welcome. She comes and shares tonight. Amen. So good. Let's give him a shout of praise. Give God the glory tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And can we give our team a hand? You guys were incredible tonight. You can take your seats. I am so, so honoured to be able to share tonight. And I am grateful for everyone's prayers and support, everyone who's been praying for me. But do you know what? It has given me a new respect and appreciation for our amazing team of pastors and teachers that come up every week and preach. The amount of time that goes into prayer and preparation to steward the Word of God is really amazing. So can we honour our team tonight? We're so grateful to you. Shall we pray before we get into the Word? Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that you want to speak to us tonight, God. So we open our hearts. We prepare our hearts to hear your Word. And Lord, I just pray for every single person here that doesn't know you, Lord. Father, that you would touch their heart, that something tonight would just pierce their heart and show them that you love them and that you have a purpose and a plan for their life. In Jesus' Name, and everybody who agreed said... Amen. Amen. All right. Have you ever been lost and not even known it? Yes? Very honest people here. <laughs> Do you know, when I was about 11 years old, my mum took us to this big shopping centre, which was very brave at the time because there was five of us kids. And she gave us the talk before we went in. You might be familiar with it if you have kids, which is be on your best behaviour, don't touch anything, we're not buying you anything, so don't ask for anything, and don't wander off, right? So we went in, and the first store we went into was a bookstore. And being the obedient child that I am, I just grabbed a book to read, sat down on the floor, and read the book while I waited for my mum to be finished. So I'm a bit of a bookworm, and my boys and my husband will attest that when I am reading a book, that I get a little bit lost, a little bit absorbed in what I am reading. And FYI, if you are dying, I won't hear you. I'm sorry. So I was completely involved in this book. I have no idea how much time passed because I actually read the whole book. And then when I was finished, I put it back on the shelf and I stood up and went to look to see where my family was. Lo and behold, I quickly realised that my family was gone. 
And so uh, the panic was starting to rise. And as I stepped out into the mall to start to look for my family, thankfully, my sister spotted me and started running up, waving and shouting to me. So apparently my family had left the bookstore continued on with their shopping, going on their merry way. And then a few shops later, my mum realised that I was missing. So they had been all over the shopping centre looking for me. They had been back into the bookstore, but I think because I was sitting on the floor, they had missed me. So they had gone to centre management. Apparently my name and description had been blasting over the PAs all over the shopping centre. They were checking every toilet, every car park. And my mum was on the verge of calling the police when I was finally discovered. But do you know, that whole time I was reading, enjoying that story, I was completely oblivious to the fact that I was lost. And for a little while, for my mum, distracted by her to-do list, she was completely oblivious to the fact that I was lost as well, that I wasn't with her. So, you know, sometimes I can be so focused on life and what I'm doing for God that at first I don't even miss His presence. I'm going to be real with you tonight. I hope that's okay. That sometimes I can be doing all the outward things that we do as Christians, going to church, lifting my hands in worship. I can read the Bible, quote the Bible, say all the right things, but be far from God in my heart. Have you ever found yourself in that place? It's all right to be honest tonight. Thank you. I find it doesn't happen all at once. It's like a lot of small things over time. I'm so busy doing things for God that I don't prioritise time just to be with Him. I can be loudly declaring His promises on the weekend, but then during the week, ignoring His quiet whispers, His quiet invitations to come away and be with Him. I can hear and even witness incredible miracles of provision and yet lose sight of what He's done and start to complain when He doesn't answer my prayers right away or in the way that I think He should. I can know that His way is right and yet still choose what is convenient or comfortable. All of us, right, can exchange the privilege of spending time in God's presence, the one and only God, the creator of everything, the fulfiller of everything we need for something that will satisfy us for a moment. And over time, all these little things, all these little decisions add up to us growing distant in our relationship with God. You know, if you grew up anywhere around church, you might know the story of Moses. So tonight, I want to look at Moses' relationship with God and compare it to the Israelites. And then hopefully we'll gain some insight in how we can keep that intimacy and the presence of God in our lives. Amen? You ready? All right, so a bit of background. We know Moses was a man chosen by God to lead his people Israel. I won't go into his origin story, but it is very cool. So go read it for yourself if you need a refresher. But the Israelites, we know, were slaves in Egypt. And God, through Moses, miraculously delivers them. He parts the Red Sea. He's leading them to the land that He promised to their ancestor Abraham, a land so blessed, He described it as flowing with milk and honey. 
Moses is leading the Israelites through the desert. And then they get to the foot of Mount Sinai, which Moses climbs to meet with God. And there, God invites the Israelites to enter into a special relationship with Him, a covenant with Him where they can know His presence. But while Moses is up on Mount Sinai meeting with God, down below in the camp, the Israelites are growing impatient. They have just personally witnessed God's miraculous rescue and provision and yet incredibly they start to complain. You know, when we lose sight of the presence of God, we lose our passion for Him and our relationship with God starts to feel dry and empty. We don't want to pray. We don't want to read the Word. And we become especially vulnerable to temptation in those moments. And so the Israelites ask Moses' brother Aaron to make them a golden idol so they can worship it as the God who saved them out of slavery. Now, God's presence is right there on top of the mountain if they looked up, they would actually see it. But here they are below exchanging the glory of God's presence for a man-made idol. Isn't that incredible? I have to admit, when I read that, I get a bit frustrated with the Israelites until I remember that today through Jesus, we have incredible access to the presence of God, even more so than the Israelites. And yet, what do we do when we get tired or go through a hard season? We choose to go to other sources to be filled instead of spending time in God's presence. And I know if I were God, I would feel extremely betrayed by the Israelites in that moment. Here he is offering, offering them a special relationship, relationship, special access to him, like no other people, and yet they betray him. And God is a righteous God, so he does deal with their sin, but then he does something completely surprising. So we're going to pick up the story in Exodus 33, verse 1 to 3. And the Lord said to Moses, depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, saying to your offspring, I will give it. I will send an angel before you and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, all the ites, all your enemies. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you. I don't know if you realise how incredible this is. That God's people have just really betrayed him, turned their back on him. It's like the pivotal moment in every romantic movie, Hallmark movie, any Hallmark fans, don't raise your hand. Will they choose that new shiny job opportunity or will they choose true love? What are they going to choose? God offered them, <laughs> always true love. The story is always the same. We'll save you watching any Hallmark movie. They could have the promised land. They could have God's blessing. They could have God's protection, but at the cost of God's presence. What are they going to choose? Why would God do this? If you think about it, if they're satisfied with this, it would prove that really they only loved God's blessings, not God himself. But if they weren't, it would show a genuine heart for God. Because you see, God created us for relationship with Him. And there is one thing that stops relationship from becoming religion, and it's God's presence, that special access we have to God Himself. 
Have you ever received an invitation to a party or a wedding and it says, no presence necessary, your presence is gift enough. Just you being there is gift enough. That's all we want. That's the response that God was after. He's like, I don't want you to want what I can give you. I just want you to want me, want my presence. You know, so often that's when we go to God, right? We go to God when we need something and God is a good father. He invites us to do that. But a real relationship is so much more than that. In verse 7, if we continue reading, it says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. They would go to church. (laughs) And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses as he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord, I love this verse, would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. What I found so interesting about this is that it says anyone inquiring of the Lord, what happened with my voice there, inquiring of the Lord could go to the tent, but only Moses and Joshua went. Everyone else stayed at the entrance of their own tents and worshipped from afar. They could have had the same experience as Moses, the same intimacy with God. The Lord spoke to him face to face as one speaks to a friend, but they chose to stay where they were. You see, religion happens from afar, but relationship gets up close and personal. Amen? You know, when we find ourselves in that place, when we realise that we've moved away from relationship with God, we can do one of two things. We can acknowledge it and make a change, or we continue from afar like the Israelites did. But thankfully, Moses understood the value of God's presence. His response in verse 15 says, Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. We don't want the promised land. In other words, I'm not going without you, God. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? And what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Isn't that powerful? Moses understood the greatest blessing of God was actually his presence and he was unwilling to go without it. You know, even Jesus, the Son of God, when He was on earth, He frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. So how much more do we need to make it a priority to withdraw, to be with God, to be in His presence? So how do we access the presence of God? It's through opening our hearts to Jesus. 
In John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in Ephesians 2, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You know, I grew up in a Christian family and we attended church on Sundays, but that's kind of where it stopped for me. I had said a prayer inviting God into my heart and I would pray to Him when I needed something. And I thought I was being a fairly good person, but I didn't realise that a relationship with God was meant to be so much more. I was so insecure. I had never felt like I really fit in that I was good enough, interesting enough, pretty enough. I felt like my whole life was a pursuit of people's approval and I was always falling short. But then something happened that changed everything for me. I was in high school and a few students had asked permission to start a lunchtime prayer meeting. I know, incredible, hey? Um, To be honest, I had absolutely no interest in attending. However, one of my good friends wanted to see what was like, and so she persuaded me to go with her. And so I walked into this classroom feeling a bit inconspicuous, but there was no teachers. It was only students. Someone had put a worship CD on, so there was worship music playing, and the students were just kind of finding their own spots around the room. Some were sitting on the floor, some were walking around, some were silent, some were praying softly. No one was paying attention to me, which was great. So I just found my own little spot along the wall and, you know, sort of slid down. I'm good at that, you know, from the first story. (laughs) Sat down, not sure what to do. I remember as I sat there for one minute, two minutes, not even really praying or knowing what to pray, eventually just the words of the worship song started to go through my mind and I started to focus on God. And it's hard to describe what I felt as I sat there, except to say that as I became aware of God, I began to sense that He was aware of me. I felt seen by God and I didn't have to say anything. I somehow knew that He already knew what I was thinking. He already knew what was in my heart. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, that feeling of being fully seen and yet completely loved and accepted. And I remember just crying at that feeling, at that awareness of God's presence. It was the beginning of God awakening my heart to Him. A little while later, I was sitting in a church service and I was going through, again, a tough time and my heart was hurting. And again, the words of the worship song just began to sink into my mind. And I still remember the chorus. It was saying, my heart cries, Jesus, Jesus, Lord of my life. And I realised that I had been going to church my whole life and I was just going through the motions. I hadn't really made Jesus Lord of my life. I hadn't given Him control or really asked His opinion about anything. And doing things my own way wasn't getting me anywhere. I literally felt like in my heart, I was crying out with a song, Jesus, Jesus, if you're really listening, if you really care, come into my heart. And as His presence and His love just enveloped me, I started sobbing so much that my mum had to take me out of the service because I was distracting everyone else. But you know, that was the moment that I truly opened my heart to Jesus, where He became my friend. 
You know, James 4.8 says, Come near to God and He will come near to you. In Psalm 62, it says, Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. You know, I love those words, pour out your hearts. It's not about a formula. It's not about having the right words. It's real and it's messy and it's genuine. You know, I would come home and lock myself in my room, put my worship on loud so no one could hear me. And I would just pour my heart out to Jesus. And then I would just sit in His presence and He would speak words of love over me. He would say, you are loved, you are wanted, you are seen, you are delighted in, you are cherished, you are forgiven, you are chosen, you are known, you are planned on, you are set apart. You are believed in, you are invited, you are valued, you are of immeasurable worth. And the Word of God just came alive to me. It was like full of hidden messages just for me. The things that I'd been speaking to God about as I poured out my heart messily, the responses would just jump out at me from the pages of the Bible. There is nothing like being in God's presence. Amen? I want to read to you this quote from Brother Lawrence who wrote this book on the presence of God. He says, I have abandoned all particular forms of devotion, all prayer techniques. My only prayer practice is attention. I carry on a habitual, silent and secret conversation with God that fills me with overwhelming joy. The most holy and necessary practice in our spiritual life is the presence of God. That means finding constant pleasure in His divine company. I love that. Speaking humbly and lovingly with Him in all seasons at every moment without limiting the conversation in any way. The time of business does not differ with me from the time of prayer. And in the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were on my knees. What is he talking about? You know, our relationship with God is built in the time that we spend one-on-one, honestly in his presence, but it doesn't stay there. We take his presence and that intimacy into every moment and every situation in our life. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense His grace. You know, life is seasonal and my life and responsibilities are very different today than they were in high school. Life is full, but I love what Stephen Covey Covey said. The key is not to prioritise what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Are you scheduling time in the presence of God? So what this looks for me now is booking this time with God into my week like a date. Like every Monday, I drop my boys at school, I grab myself a chai, and then I drive to the beach just to sit with God in His presence. And often as I'm driving there, I'm thinking, I'm so looking forward to this God. And then I feel in my spirit, God say, me too. You know, our time with God is meant to be enjoyed. 
In Psalm 37, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Don't be in a hurry when it comes to God's presence. Don't feel like you need to have an agenda. I love that. Joyce Meyer says, Sometimes I just sit still and enjoy God's presence. You know, the Bible is full of examples of imperfect men and women who sought God's presence. God's presence doesn't make us perfect, but it does transform us. And it's God's presence, God with us, as we navigate through the sometimes messiness of our lives that shows others who God is. You know, people often share the change that a relationship with God has made in their life. Some say how God gave them purpose or peace or love. For me, it was value. Where insecurity defined me before, as I walk out my relationship with God, still seeking His presence, He is changing and transforming me and filling me with a new confidence that comes from knowing my value to Him. And that's why being in the presence of God is so important. When we take that time, like Moses did, to seek God face to face, we are transformed into His image. As we spend time in His presence, things that are holding us back in our lives start to drop off. You know, insecurity was stopping me from being who God had called me to be. There are things in all of our lives that are hindering us from being who God has called us to be. But when we get into the presence of God, He starts to transform us and set us free. So then we can go and help others. I want to tell you, there's no time for insecurity, no time to be insecure because you are needed and what you bring to the Kingdom of God is needed. So church, I want to encourage you. Amen. Be intentional in seeking His presence. Lock in a time, make it a priority, make it a place you enjoy. And then just finally, I want to encourage you. You know, the Israelites' sin cost them the nearness of God's presence. And our sin can cause distance in our relationship with God. But one of my favourite verses in the Bible is David's prayer after he was confronted with his sin. In Psalm 51, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from Your presence or take Your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of Your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You know, what a beautiful prayer. Create, renew, restore. That's what God does when we get in His presence. When we have sinned and fallen away from God, when we've been looking to other things besides God to satisfy, when we've lost our passion for God and the joy of our salvation, we can pray this simple prayer. Create, renew, restore. Come into His presence. And in response, God does the unthinkable. He offers His grace. What we can learn from the Israelites is that even when we are faithless, He is faithful. Amen. Why don't you stand with me tonight? God's presence is here. And I just want to give everyone here an opportunity just to respond to God tonight. I know from my own life that this is a story that repeats way too often, that I don't even recognise sometimes that I've walked away, that I've lost the presence of God, that intimacy with God in my life. 
but like I said, we can acknowledge and make a change or we can continue afar off. So I want to encourage you tonight with every eye closed, if you'd like to acknowledge, God, I'm far from you. Why don't you just raise your hands to God? I just want to pray for you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. No one's looking around. Be bold. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just pray tonight, create in us a clean heart, Lord, a heart that is hungry for you and for your presence. Forgive us for looking to other things to satisfy us. We pray, renew our passion, a steadfast spirit that will put you first. Restore to us all the joy of our salvation, God, so that we can draw more people into relationship with you. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Church, can we thank Pastor Lauren for that message? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.